this today. Oh, and look who there is. technology work we're talking all the way across the world today so bear with us <clears throat> there he is what's going on Benjamin how are you today There we go. Now I can see you. I'm good, but I you're you're breaking up a little. Let me see if I can get if I'm on the Wi-Fi. Because if I am, our Wi-Fi. Yeah, you keep going in and out. You sound great, and then you disappear. Better. There we go. Now we're moving a little bit. Excellent. So. Like I said, if there's any technical difficulties, we are talking about what, 5,000, 6,000 miles across the world. You are in where? St. Petersburg, Russia, right? Yep, yep, that's right. And you are an American author. What, uh, let's start with what took you from America to Russia, Ben? Huh. huh. Uh, I lived for many years in Asia, I lived in Korea and China. And then when I left Korea, I wanted to move somewhere in Europe. And I just saved up money and I had been saving money because it's harder to actually break into to Europe. And uh, I called a guy who I had known in Asia and he was like, St. Petersburg is great. Come to St. Petersburg. I'm like, all right. I was planning to go to Spain, which was sunshine and beaches. <laughs> and I and now I'm in St. Petersburg, where it's it's cold, but it's still it's it's beautiful. I've and I've been here for uh, nearly three years now. Gotcha. And uh, so let's take it back a little bit. When you were in America, so tell me about growing up. Uh, you're a writer now, but have you always been into writing, or uh, what kind of sparked that? Yeah. So when I was growing up, no, <laughs> I think I probably owe quite a bit of it to my mother, because when I was a kid, we weren't allowed to have television. It was just a thing which sucked as a kid because I didn't have anything to talk to other kids about. And even right. still, when I meet people who are my age who know these cartoons, I, I don't. But um, but I never wrote anything until probably my like sophomore year in college. I took a creative writing course and I wrote a story. Up until that point, I thought I was going to study philosophy and be a philosopher, which definitely didn't work out. But I, I, so I took this course and I wrote one story, which was absolutely terrible. But again, my mother was very encouraging and said it was great. She said, why don't you be a writer? And I said, no. <laughs> um, and then I don't know, I, I guess how it worked is I was reading tons and tons and tons of these very thick, very dry philosophy books. And I realized that I could take a concept that I liked and just write it into a story. Uh, so a lot of a lot of my earlier work was very, very heavy bullshit college student stories trying to be super deep, but then kind of evolved from there. So, so yeah, no, I didn't get into it until I was probably about 21. Yeah, gotcha. And uh, since then, you've done quite a bit. You've already got, what, four, five published works, something like that? Yeah, well, so as far as books go, there's one that's a novella. 
and I've, I've tried to do a lot of different projects. So kind of how got from, I, I kind of started publishing a lot more when I came to Russia. I did a project called, sorry. So I, I, every year I made a, uh, I wrote a story. So I started, when I came to Russia, I had a lot of time on my hands. I'm going to plug my phone in because I'm, I'm, I was just notified that my battery is going out. Thank you, Alexa. Stop. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, so when I, when I first came to Russia, I ended up meeting this artist, Nikita. And Alexa, stop. Thank you. And I don't know why I'm thanking a robot, but I, it's just habit. I mean, you got to be dirty uh, to them too. But I mean, when they take over the world, you want them to know that you are the nice guy, right? Right, exactly. They're going to kill my girlfriend, but, you know, she'll be, <laughs> she'll be okay with me. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so I, I, started, I started with this project, and that's kind of how things took off because I decided I wanted to write all the time. I wanted to really perfect what I was trying to do. So I decided to write a story every day. And I met this artist here in Russia who is just a fantastic artist, and he wanted to draw every day. So every day for a year, I would write a story, and then he would draw for that story. So he would draw a picture for it, and that's how our project yeah. got created. And through that, that's, a published uh, Flash 365, right? Yes. And uh, so are all those stories kind of intertwined or are they all kind of separate and just put together as a collection? How does that work? So there's actually, there's, there's quite a few different storylines that kind of emerged over time. So in the beginning, it, they're, they're kind of random, but obviously a lot of them ended up having to do with Russia. I I'm very fond of magical realism. My book is magical <laughs> realism. Uh, a lot of my stories are. And so a lot of the stories had to do with magical realism based in Russia. I really, really like fairy tales. And when I first came here, I read a lot of Russian folklore. So in my stories, you find a lot of references. I write about Baba Yaga way too much. And um, so I, I, that's, that's kind of since Flash 365 happened, we had like a couple of series. One was this uh, series every Saturday. I wrote a series called What Happened When Frank Died. And that's actually with an editor right now being turned into a novella. And then I have 100 Words for Overcast, where I took all of the magical realism stories that I wrote and turned them into a novel. And that's being translated into Russian right now and working to get that published here and back home in America. And then I also had a series of stories um, about a character death. I, I wrote about death a lot. I know I didn't, I never really truly escaped some of the philosophical bullshit, but um, <laughs> that, that I turned into a chat book, which I just submitted to Port Belly Press and I haven't heard back from them yet. So um, yeah, so the stories, not all of them were interconnected. Um, some of them were, some of them were just random one-offs. It really depended on kind of how I was feeling that day or if something happened in Russia that I found interesting. A lot of them, I liked, uh, kind of magical realism memoir, which is something I don't know, I'm just fond of. So it's taking, I take mm -hmm. just real events and then add magical realism elements to it to sort of highlight the absurdity of a lot of shit that happens. Gotcha. So you've mentioned a whole bunch of different things there. It sounds like you, does, am I right in thinking that you self-publish some and then you kind of try to work with publishers for other works, kind of kind of mix up that type of strategy? 
I, I don't self-publish not in a, I mean, for stories, I, I will publish stories on my blog. Uh, as far as self-publishing through any sort of uh, like official format like Amazon, no, uh, I, I never have. I, I make projects on Patreon now. I, I've recently started a Patreon page where I think from working with Nikita and working with an artist for so long, I really enjoy working with artists. So every month on Patreon, I'm working with a new artist creating a small uh, story. So the first one with, uh, was the Babushka Society, uh, okay. where I worked, I worked with a podcast and we created a radio drama around it. Nice. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. And it, then that was turned into like a short little novelette that was translated into Russian. And so there's a bilingual short book that people can purchase. And that was published through the same publisher as my first book. And that was, I think, part of kind of they wanted something extra as promotional material. But most of what I create through Patreon is like last month I created it's a demented fairy tale retelling of the tortoise and the hare. It's, <laughs> it's super fucked, but it um, so like, for example, that is on a website. And for people who are on my Patreon, they have a code to the website so they can read it. Okay. So, yeah. so yeah, so mostly when it comes to longer works, my, my, I, genu I just, I have more of an interest in just finding traditional publishers. Um, but for a lot of my smaller works, I just kind of put them out there for uh, either, either for Patreon, or I also write a lot on Medium for a bunch of different publications there. Gotcha. So are are you a full-time writer? Do your, does your writing pay all your bills or do you have to go to work and then come back and write? How does that work for you? Uh, I, I guess, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> I actually, I recently wrote an article about this because I, I see online people always talking about freelance writing and they're like, oh, you can just be a freelance writer and you'll, you'll make, you know, enough money to survive. And I guess the same way that I look at that is just, I mean, you might like sex, but being a prostitute doesn't make you have a lot of job fulfillment. So I do write, you know, yeah, I mean, I write, I do write full time, but I, I write for a number of different companies. So I do a lot of content production, a lot of marketing writing, uh, copywriting, copy editing. I work for a lot of tech companies. I was a journalist for a while working in tech. So from there, I just moved into uh, freelance. So yeah, I mean, I do write full time, but I work from home, hopefully next year. Uh, based on how things have been going, uh, hopefully next year I can just, you know, be writing fiction full time, but we'll see. That's, that's, uh, fingers crossed. I mean, you always have to have fingers crossed. That's why we got 10 of them. <laughs> that's exactly, exactly. And toes. Right. Um, you said that you have other people translating your works and you've lived all over the world. It sounds like, um, language wise, you speak English. What, what else do you speak? I don't speak anything else fluently. I speak some Spanish. I used to be a lot better at Spanish and now I study Russian and I do speak some Russian. I can't, I couldn't translate my own work, but I can perfectly function. I, uh, I feel bad lately. I've had to, uh, step away from my, my Russian tutor because I've been focusing a lot more on my writing and mm -hmm. it does, it takes, I'm not gifted with languages at all. So it takes a lot of work for me when I'm studying to make sure that at the next lesson, she doesn't look <laughs> on with, with, with tremendous amounts of shame. So, um, but yeah, yeah, I, I, and I used to speak a bit of Chinese. Uh, I think I can still count and I think I could probably still survive in China. 
Um, wow. But yeah, yeah. So and, and what's that like moving all over the world, just up and moving, saving some money, moving to a country and you don't speak the language? Is that just a is does that excite you or is it how's that work for you? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, it's one of those things <laughs> that the older you get, it sort of evolves. I know a lot of people who sometimes they travel and they wind up in one place and they wake up one day and they're 40 and they're like, fuck, I'm still in this country. I meant to only come here for a year. Uh, and so I think from that, I, I wanted to keep moving and just keep exploring new things and new cultures. Uh, I'm I'm constantly haunted by the the fact and the idea that the internet has just sucked all the mystery out of everything. And I keep hoping that the next place I won't be able to Google something and find out anything about it that I actually have to go and step foot down. And Russia has actually, you know, it's, I, I really, really love this country and I love being here. And there is kind of a wall that prevents people from learning about it. Um, normally it's just all a about wall. Russia and walls and there are people with like liking walls over here. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's more of a mental wall that people have uh, regarding Russia. I think it also has to do with the, the rhetoric in America. There's just a lot of rhetoric about how um, like an adversarial power. And I get that. I think the rhetoric should be geared more towards politically, yes, but people like Russian people are not American people's enemies. No right. one, no people. If there's anything about traveling that I've learned is that no people are, are enemies except for extremists. But for the most part, it's governments who have problems with each other. Right. Um, and I think it prevents people from exploring. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I've, I've generally moved around because I like new experiences. That's what really inspires me. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's, I, I wish that I had some sort of calculated method for anything that I do, but I'm more just like a, a spoiled, privileged, lost child in the world who's lucky enough to be born with a language that everybody wants to speak. And so in right. pretty much every country I go to, I can survive and you know, do do what I need to do. Gotcha. And uh, you said that you also uh, spend some of your time marketing. That's another angle of mine that I also uh, do. do